you ever feel like perhaps you were reading something and it kind of sounds familiar, almost like, wait a minute, are they talking about my life? Is this something that I'm experiencing right now? How do they know this? Well, apart from uh, listening devices who are great at providing you shopping tips and ordering stuff, um, you're not really being listened to all that often, but maybe sometimes you are. <laughs> Trust me, all of this makes sense. Let's go ahead and get into it. Hello everyone, I'm Javier with the GovGeeks. My partner in crime and my much better half, Karen, unfortunately isn't able to join us today. But never fear, the GovGeeks is still here for you. Uh, we're excited to present this show. So Karen and I, when we were designing this, we were thinking a lot about our colleagues and friends who have different conversations with us about our show topics when we're speaking to uh, clients and others, or even giving some presentations, sometimes people are like, wait a minute, um, are you getting the ideas for this show about <laughs> from my life? You know, are you pulling from some of the experiences? Um, and it's so funny how often we hear that because a lot of the topics that we focus on are typically about how to really improve upon some perceived challenges or some failures that we might be experiencing in our lives. And it's not limited to any one of us. We all are experiencing all of this. So while there is a great deal of benefit in spending some time thinking about some potential past failures or challenges, issues, concerns, all of that sort of stuff, it's even better to focus on what your strengths are, those silver linings. So if you've ever had a typical type of a concern in your mind about, well, how is it that I'm able to move past this? Or you're ruminating and you're just thinking over and over again about some of the challenges that you had in the past. Well, today's show is all about helping you move forward. So this is GovGeeks Assemble. Level up your nine to five on 95. We get together live every Thursday at six o'clock to talk a little bit about how you can get in and get ahead in government. So looking at today's show topic, just really trying to see how you can focus on strengths and not so much on weaknesses or challenges. I recognize that this could be something that might take a little bit of time to allow ourselves to move forward on. But believe me, it is absolutely possible. And in fact, it's really beneficial. Uh, and it just takes a little bit of tweaking around how you would normally process some things and allow yourself the opportunity for growth. So you might be saying, yeah, you know, that, that kind of sounds like it's better than uh, it actually may be, or gosh, is that even possible? I, I don't know if I can ever get to that point. Well, it's okay. Uh, the first thing is just to make sure that you feel comfortable with where you are and you recognize where you are and also where you want to go. From there, it's all about the journey moving towards that. So to get to that point, we have a couple of strategies to share with you today. Um, the first one on how you can focus more on strengths rather than perceived failures or uh, areas that you're not so great at is to really use selective attention. 
So what do I mean by selective attention? Well, sometimes Karen describes it, when she was growing up, her mom would say that she had selective hearing. <laughs> <laughs> of all the things that you know her mom was talking to her about, there's only a couple of things that Karen really listened to because those were things that she really cared about. She had a certain ear for hearing those certain things. That's basically what selective attention is. You can think about that when you're focusing on strengths or when you're focusing on growth areas and opportunities. So here's what I mean by this. Don't focus so much on the challenges, the issues, the concerns but allow yourself the opportunity to recognize where the silver linings are, where the opportunities are. Um, now, it, it's easy to think, okay, well, you know, am I supposed to go around my life just having this happy, nuanced idea about what's going on and ignore all of the bad stuff that's happening? No, it's, it's definitely not about that. It's important to, of course, recognize some of the challenges you might be experiencing um, by asking yourself some open-ended questions. You know, why is it that I'm feeling this way? How is it that this situation is making an impact on me? Why do I care so much about what this person says? You know, those sorts of things, but not dwell on it. Use that as an opportunity to recognize some of the challenges that you're experiencing, some of the emotions that you might be feeling, but then allow yourself to move forward by looking at those strengths or those opportunities. For instance, if there is a challenging experience that you had at work, it could be easy to take a little bit of time and you know just get down on yourself. Oh my gosh, you know I should have had this deliverable done. This could have been a much better quality. I can't believe that my boss said that. Uh, you know, and then you can dwell on that for a long time, or you could recognize that and think, okay, well, what is this situation telling me? All right, so my boss has these certain expectations that I know that I need to live up to. Okay, well, what are the things that you didn't do that perhaps would allow you the space to then meet those expectations? Then from there, take the next step and say, all right, well, how can I implement those strategies and next steps? So what you're doing is you're not getting further down on yourself about what it is that you did or you didn't do, but you are being proactive and allowing yourself to grow. The other cool thing is if you hadn't have experienced some of those challenges, you wouldn't necessarily have the opportunity to recognize where you didn't go uh, the distance that you needed to or to have the accomplishments that you needed. And now you have the steps to actually get to where you need to go. So in a strange way, having the opportunity to experience setbacks or failures or frustrations is a fantastic thing because it uncovers some opportunities for growth. And as long as you see it as the opportunity and ways that you can improve, then you're going to continue to grow and get better. I mean, the, the problem with perfection is that there's no room for growth after that. I mean, how do you add upon something else that's already fantastic? I mean, it's it's challenging. Sometimes you get to a point where you think it's fantastic and you're like, no, I need to change some things. And then you end up ruining <laughs> what you had to begin with. Uh, and we can look at all sorts of examples of things like that happening. Picture any of your favorite movies that you had perhaps when you were growing up and you have really fond memories. And then all of a sudden there's a new Hollywood remake and you're like, oh my gosh, no, they just, they didn't need to do that. They just, they just made it so much worse. It used to be great. I don't know why they did that. So if you could think about managing some of the positive areas as opposed to redoing 
doing and refocusing on some of the challenges, you're going to be better off. So that's definitely a great way to, as a strategy to focus on some strengths as opposed to focusing on failures. Okay, so the next strategy that we have for you guys is honestly asking yourself, well, what is it that makes you happy? Just be a, like an open-ended question. Let, let that hang out there for a second. What makes you happy? And then why does that make you happy? Now, you could have a fairly glib response, and it could be totally accurate, by the way. What makes me happy is Friday afternoon, or what makes me happy is just laying down in bed and not doing anything at all. Well, I think those are signs of more of, well, what is your environment telling you? Why is it that you want to be away from work, from all of the challenges, the issues, concerns that you might be experiencing, and then you need some time to deal with some of that anxiety that perhaps is building up? That's absolutely true. Allow yourself to experience that. But then genuinely ask yourself that question. What, what makes you happy? What is it about your work that you enjoy? What are some of the activities that you're doing that you find a, a lot of joy and satisfaction in? And then if you can build a list, it could be a mental list. It could be something that you write down on your, your notes app on your phone or something, but keep track of those things and then allow yourself to realize, well, if you enjoy those sorts of activities, perhaps there's a great way to use those joys in the other things that you like to do. For instance, Karen is fantastic when it comes to solving problems, solving puzzles, understanding nuances that perhaps take a little bit of time to dissect and study. Uh, she's, she's really good at that. So in her work, she's got to do a lot of reviews, analysis. Um, and so what she likes to do is think about it as a puzzle. And as she begins to solve the intricacies of what the puzzle is, that is enjoyable for her. So she's taking her normal nine to five responsibilities and then asking, well, what is it about these activities that I enjoy? And she came to the conclusion that it's all about solving puzzles. Then from there, she's applying that to her work as a way to find some fulfillment. So she works with people in solving puzzles. She uh, has the opportunity to do some different research, ask them specific questions or some things to find out a little bit more of the, the clues to solve the mystery, to solve the puzzle. And that allows the time to really go by. And in fact, really just find some fulfillment. For me, on the other hand, what makes me happy is the opportunity to connect with people, to have genuine relationships and communication. Those are the things that I think is just great. So as I'm approaching work uh, as a coaching consultant or working with others for career coaching and others, uh, other, other topics and ideas, I ask myself, well, what is it about this experience that I can really enjoy? And it's that idea about building the relationship. So I could be working on, again, coaching. It could be something of doing like financial analysis or some other work. Um, and as part of the process, it's building those relationships that allows me to really enjoy the work. Uh, so those are just two examples. Uh, I mean, perhaps you like public speaking, or maybe you like organization, or maybe you like research. Uh, there's just different topics. So as you find what makes you happy, you can focus on that even more because those are your strengths. That's where you're coming from. That, that is your center and using your strengths to do what you need to do and also your happiness. I mean, 
yeah, you're you're going to really enjoy stuff because then it's not so much a, a, of a chore. Um, I kind of like to think of this as the Murray Poppins approach. A spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down. Uh, well, if you are using sugar or something that you find happy and enjoyable to do what you have to do, it makes things a whole lot easier. <laughs> and the wonderful thing also is that it's our happiness. So what you're interested in can be completely different than anyone else. And that's perfect because it's yours and it's meaningful. Um, find what that is and that allows you to build more of it. The other thing is in finding your happiness and asking yourself what makes you happy is you can ask the next question to say, well, how can I get more of this happiness? If I like solving puzzles, what other way can I use that in my career to get me to the next level? You know, if I'm really interested in that promotion, I'm really interested in this new job or this new field area, or I just graduated and I have this degree and I want to understand how I can apply it to the workplace. Well, the more you focus in on things that make you happy, the more you can gravitate towards jobs that you really care about. And big surprise, big secret, if you're doing things that you enjoy, you're going to do a good job. And if you do a great job at your work, odds are you're going to find more and more success in your career. Plus, you have happiness all the way along. So, I mean, that's, that's just awesome. That, that makes everything so much better. All right, so that was strategy number two. Looking at our third strategy, um, it's this bigger idea about building on your strengths. So build on your strengths, you can think of like StrengthsFinder from uh, Gallup. It's a really great uh, tool to analyze what you feel that you're great at. Um, but more important, it's giving yourself the opportunity to focus in on things that you're genuinely good at, things that you enjoy. Um, rather than spending a lot of time focusing on some of the perceived challenges, issues, or concerns that you might have. You could spend a lot of time trying to build up any perceived deficiencies, um, and you could get to a point where you are passable, you are good, you are even excellent in that area. But along the way, is that really how you want to invest your time in? Is that really where your joy and your happiness really is? Plus, if you take the moment to really begin focusing in on what your strengths are and building on those from there, you can get even better. Think of it this way. If you're like a baseball player, for instance, and you have those skills which are perfect for baseball, awesome. If you continue to grow and develop those skills, you can get even better and you're doing something that you actually like. Rather than, I have all of these great baseball playing abilities and skills. Let me put all of that stuff aside and let me instead focus in on something completely different. Well, you can get better at those other things that you're not necessarily great at to begin with, but how much further along could you be in your life, in your career, if you focused on things that you actually had a strength in, things that you actually cared about? You can be so much better. So why be mediocre in an area that you have to work really hard in or as compared to being super great in something <laughs> that you really enjoy? When you take a moment to think about that, it's like, yeah, maybe I'll focus on building on my strengths as opposed to just going back and trying to get even better at something that you're not great at or something that honestly you just don't care about. 
Plus, you can look at it this way as well. By defining what your strengths are and what you care about, and then labeling the things that you're not so great at or that you don't care so much about, that gives you the opportunity to also work with other people that can do the things that you're not so great at. So for instance, again, if you're fantastic as a baseball player, but you're not necessarily great at managing finances, okay, cool. Well, who can you work with that can help you manage those finances? Um, if you're in the workplace and you are perfect when it comes to like organizational design, management, presentations, like designing them, doing data analysis and everything, but you just don't like presentations themselves. You don't like presenting in front of other people or doing other types of work like that. Well, what if you could find yourself in a position to do the type of work, doing the research, all of that, and then partnering with someone else that would give the presentations or that would give the pitches if you were gonna be like, you know, working in business development or something like that. Those are the things to really to think about. You know, enjoy the things that are fantastic for you and that you're great at and think of how you can partner with others to help compensate in some of the other areas you know i, I love for instance the partnership that karen and i have here with the gov geeks because um, i have a lot of ideas i like talking about a lot of great things and you know trying to write stuff down and trying to execute and then karen has a very strategic puzzle solving approach that she does. And she asks some of the deeper questions, you know, all right, well, what if we tweak it this way? Or what if, you know, we approach it this way and we also offer this, or I have like an idea about a title or something. And then Karen turns around and says, yeah, well, what if we did it this way? And it just makes it so much better. I mean, it really does because I, I can generate like the first steps. And then she has this uncanny ability to make it even better. That's just that's just Karen in general. You, you basically add her to whatever scenario or situation and things become better. <laughs> She's like an, an enhancement, which is so great. Um, and again, those are things that she cares about. And these are some things that I care about. And so far, so good. This partnership continues to thrive, which is just wonderful. And I appreciate it. Think about where that could be in your life as well. All right, so we have three examples here for you so far, three strategies, but now here's the fourth one. Um, and this is honestly one of the biggest ones. Focus on what you can control. Take a moment to think about that, on what you can control. You have responsibility and ownership over the actions and activities that you have access to. You may not be able to solve for all of the outcomes or have sole responsibility for some of the accomplishments outside of what you have control over. And that's okay because you can measure your work and your success and your strengths by the strengths that you have, by your actions and your activity. And then when you have the outcomes, those are outcome-based measures. Well, you may not have direct control over that. The other thing is, you know, think about in the workplace, you know what your role is, what your responsibilities are. So you can control what you do in that work, but not necessarily what others do. I mean, you can't force someone to see things a certain way or to take certain actions or activities. I mean, it's just more of a challenge when you think of it that way. Think about what you can control. What is in your area of influence? Um, and then from there, when you're focusing in on that, you find a lot more joy because you're not like hung up on all of the other things that you can't. 
And you can really stress yourself out. There can be a lot of anxiety around that idea. Like, oh no, I don't think this person likes this or here's this issue or I notice that this is happening and everything. And you could totally be right, but then you can ask yourself the next question, well, what control do you have over that? What can you do to help address it? And if it's outside of your control, do the best that you can with what you have. Impact things in the way that you can. And if you find yourself in a circumstance or an environment where things that you can't control continue to uh, have a harmful effect or even cause irritation, frustration, et cetera, in your own life, well, then ask yourself, well, all right, what can I do to remove myself from this situation? How can I you know, do everything that I can to make it better? How can I improve my own happiness, my own uh, engagement, all of that sort of stuff? But then at a certain point, maybe you can think, well, maybe there isn't anything more that I can do. Maybe the best that I can do is to walk away. And that's perfectly fine as well, because you're still taking ownership of what you have control over and really genuinely what you can do. So that's that's something to think about. Um, so today's show, we've been talking about how to focus on your strengths, how to build on those strengths and focus less on some failures, issues, or concerns. We've talked about four strategies. The first one is to use your selective attention. Focus in on things that you can influence, uh, the silver linings, if you will. Recognize some of the challenges and the issues, but don't necessarily dwell on them. Allow yourself to focus your attention on things that you can do. The second thing is to ask yourself a deeper question. What makes you happy? What are the things that you enjoy? And then ask, well, why is it that I, I enjoy those? How can I have more of those in my life? Those are, those are bigger questions to have. And once you gravitate more towards them, you begin finding more happiness and more success because you're doing things that you actually care about and things that you actually feel are important. The next is build on your strengths. It's not so good to spend a lot of time trying to make up for some of the perhaps challenges or failures that you've experienced, but rather building on some of the strengths that you, you have. What are you good at? What do you enjoy? How can you do more of that stuff? Build on those strengths. Uh, there's this bigger idea that, again, you can be like the world's best something, or you can be ah, you know, mediocre in another area that you don't really care so much about. It makes more sense to be really good at something that you enjoy and to have a lot of success around something honestly that you care about. And lastly, the fourth strategy is focus on what you can control. There's a lot of stuff happening out there. Um, we can't control the weather. <laughs> we can't control time or other activities and things that are happening around us but we can control what we have within our sphere of influence, which you can directly uh, manage, plan for, control some of the responsibilities that you can take for actions and activities that are really related to, again, what you care about or within what's, what's within your influence. Think about those things. Focus on what you can control and don't allow yourself to be swept away by the things that you can't control. Okay, so uh, now we come to the part of the show that we call Questions from the GovGeekdom. Please feel free to come out to our website, thegovgeeks.com. Uh, you can go to the Contact Us page and submit any sort of question that you have, uh, and we're happy to answer it here on the show. So this week we have two questions. Um, the first one is a really fun one. This is, what is a desk audit 
or a classification appeal, a desk audit. So this is a human capital question. And essentially a desk audit is where a review is conducted over an individual's actions and activities in a certain role. From there, uh, the results of the desk audit are to say, yes, this type of work is classified with this type of job series and at this certain level within the job series. So say for instance, you've been working at the job for a long time, you're doing a lot of uh, roles and responsibilities, and actually it turns out that you know, you're a GS9, but you've been doing the work of a GS12. <laughs> uh, that is certainly something that you need to recognize and your organization needs to recognize as well. Um, as a word of caution, I'll say though, uh, potentially speaking, the desk audit could also go in the other direction. You could be like, oh, I'm a GS13, and I need a desk audit to prove that I've been doing work at the level of a GS-14. Then a desk audit comes along and they say, oh, no, actually, you've been doing work at a GS-12. I mean, it, it's totally possible for that to happen. <laughs> but uh, the bigger idea is to help make sure that organizations are right-sizing for the, the work and the activities that are going on, that a person is getting recognized for the right work that they're doing and being compensated appropriately for that level of work. Otherwise, yeah, it can be totally unfair. Like what if you're in the job for like five, 10 plus years and you keep doing a great job so they give you more work, but what ends up happening is that you just are, you know, again, more and more a GS-12 doing a GS-13 work, doing a GS-14 work. Um, that's not so, that's not so fair. <laughs> so make sure you're taking care of yourself and that the organization is taking care of you as well. So the second question is, um, should I bank my sick leave? And I think by, by bank, it means, you know, save them. Uh, so in government, every pay period, we earn a couple of hours that go towards sick leave, another couple that goes towards annual leave. You may have other leave categories that are built in in your organization as well. Um, and typically, if you hold on to your sick leave, uh, at the end when you're about to retire, you can cash in those sick leave hours. So basically, the government would pay you for those number of hours that you've had. So if the question is, should I bank my sick leave? I think the most important question is, how can you best use your sick leave? So if you need to use your sick leave to get medical care done, uh, or if you need a mental health day, or uh, you need to take your doctor's appointments, um, if you're sick and you need to stay home and rather than going into work, that's what sick leave is for. <laughs> if later on in your career, you're thinking, you know, I have a lot of this sick leave and I need a plan for an operation, or I need a plan for retirement and I'm gonna cash out on all of my sick leave, if that's what's important for you at that time, absolutely. So really, I guess the bigger question is, well, it depends on what you feel is important for you. And that I think is the most important thing of all of this. It's just like having ownership of what is important for you and what you care about. Uh, those are the main things, I think, in answering that question. Well, okay, uh, so thank you so much for spending a half hour with us. Um, Karen and I are so grateful for the, the time to work with you. Uh, I will say that uh, this is a, a nice stopping point for us. We're gonna take next week off for a little bit of a vacation, but we'll be back the week after. Um, thank you so much for your service, for your engagement, and really on this idea about strengths and um, just in general, our, our failures and things. Choose what you can focus on. Choose the things that are most important to you in your life and allow yourself to really accept and enjoy what's possible and what's available for you. 
When you do that, you're going to have all sorts of happiness. Thank you so much for your time and thank you for your service.